Ball Draw, episode 37, coming at you live, in the flesh. Bosh, right here, right now, let's do it. Man United, Man United, what do they say? Glory, glory, Man United. United. Yeah, that's what they say. Wow, Eric Ten Hag. It's Ten Hag's world and we're just living in it. Yeah, it is, man. Ball guy's done it again. Nah, yeah. These ball managers, man, they're too good. It makes me feel good that I'm balding. Because there's not many perks of balding, but being a a bald manager, manager. yeah, yeah, it's probably the only fault. Like... I'm just trying to think, yeah. I saw, a t- actually, no, I saw a tweet. This is where my inspiration is coming from. I, I haven't just thought of this originally. It's like managers, the best managers in the world either have no hair or like crazy hair. So, like, give me a crazy hair one. Klopp. Kind of like long flowing yeah, yeah. hair. Yeah, fucked. Yeah, yeah. Bull guy. Pep. Eric Ten Hag. Deserby. He's got that kind of like. He's got the weird, like. Yeah, kind of like the sharp chiseled Italian beard and spiky Conte hair, crazy hair, wig. Graham Potter, normal man's hair, dead manager. Dead. Do you remember that? Um, so there was like all those memes of what, Graham Potter when he first got the Chelsea job, and he got the like the clean, fade. cleanest fade, and started wearing like a turtleneck and suit, and everyone was like, "That's my manager." And then they planned to now, and do you know that picture of him where he's got like the, the bags, worst bags under his eyes. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen, I guess. It's but that's not what we're talking about right now. Not right now, anyway. We're talking we... about how the mighty have resurfaced as a mighty. This uh, Sunday just gone on. Uh, it was a fairly, it was a fairly cold day in Wembley. Yeah, May and I had met Newcastle. London was absolutely filled to the brim with tunes. Yeah, the Geordies were in out in full force yeah. even after the, the embarrassing uh, music videos that have been released during the week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we won't talk about those. But um, what a fantastic support! Unbelievable. Yeah, and I think so. They haven't obviously had the silverware of Man United. They haven't even been close to the silverware of Man United. It's been a hot minute since Newcastle v- fifty-five been beat. years or so. Yeah, so their last trophy they won was an FA Cup back in the 70s I think or something like that no it was more than that it was the 50s I think they won the trophy oh maybe so um, it's been a hot minute since Newcastle have been um, trophy trophy holders <laughs> so they were very excited that's why I think say if this final happened two years ago they go why the fuck how are we in the final and our team is nowhere near capable of battling it out against Man United mm-hmm. but now they probably feel as close to Man United as they felt in decades. And Man United have probably felt as close to Man United as they've felt since Sir Alex Ferguson. In decades, yeah. yeah. That's quite a nice little segue, how close they feel to Man United. So, but, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the game. I thought, well, my initial reaction about 10 minutes in was Diego Dallas going to get sent off. Yeah. Um, Alan St. Maxman had the running of him. And I think, I think Newcastle did everything right. I just don't think that I think the occasion might have been like a bit too much or something. Like Man United seemed very calm and controlled. I think Casemiro had a brilliant game. Yeah. And I came out of the game just thinking he's just he is a winner. Like yeah. you could put him in any team in the world and he would be unbelievable because he that guy that man is just a winner. I think for me, I haven't seen Party in a couple of weeks, but I think for me, Casemiro is the best DM in the league. Yeah, I, think, I, I think saw you tweet one, that. If you're taking you one for that? the long term, you go party. But yeah. I think Casemiro is 
is just at the top of he's his. He's got powers, all the experience yeah. behind him. Yeah, and in that role, you don't really need to be young because it's not always a lot of running. It's a lot of know-how. It's a lot of IQ. Yeah, and yeah. I think he does it better than maybe anyone on the planet right now. Hundred percent. I think you na- hit the nail on the head when you said. Um, I think the occasion did probably get a little bit to the Newcastle players. I think overall they were the better team, Newcastle. Yeah, they were good. In a final, you don't need to be the better they team. They lacked that cutting edge, though, didn't they? Yeah, and I think what May Knight have is they have a lot of winners in their and team. And they have killers, like... Winners and killers. Yeah. They have winners in Varane, in... Casemiro. Casemiro, in... I don't know. De Gea has been there, done that one, trophies with United. They've had... And then they've got killers. Marcus Rashford... Um, all them man, <laughs> Rashford, all of them. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Bruno Fernandez, I would say, is a bit of a killer. Yeah, I would say, thought Anthony was all right. Yeah, I think, but, he, I think he's. I I I think I'm he's impartial. dangerous, but I don't. I I think we're still yet to see the best of him, and I think it's going to take a while for him to lose the tagline of being a futsal merchant, a five star tagline killer. from me. <laughs> yeah, you've you smeared him with that role. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you know Newcastle fans won't be disappointed. You'll be disappointed. Of course, like, you they're, they're not, they won't be like disgusted. Because I think mm. they know they're on the up. Yeah. However, I mean, it is interesting though because I think we've said this on Saturday at the pub. We both think Newcastle have overachieved massively. I think they're way ahead of what their potential is. Yeah. But I, I think with the right signings and investment, they, well, obviously the, the right signings can make any team a, like, a phenomenal force of nature, but they've got the backing to do so. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see how they approach it because they've been quite, they've been quite low key about their signings. I mean, Alexander Isak was sort of the only really big one. Yeah. Bruno Gimaraes was maybe as well, but they, they've got, they've gone quite low key. Sven Botman is a nice signing. Yeah. No, I definitely agree that they've, um, Overachieved, and you can kind of see that in their Premier League form at the moment. It's starting to like balance out. Balance out. I think they were just performing way above their kind of skill level and like consistent ability. But um, it's starting to mellow out. But I think, like you said, they're ahead of their plan, and probably in spending wise, they're probably going to get Champions League or Europa League. And to get that with pretty minimal spend, it's probably quite worrying for all the other teams in and around the top six because when Newcastle get that Europa League or Champions League money, plus the money that they can inject anyway, looking ropes for the big clubs like Chelsea and Liverpool that are starting to fall down the league. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that clubs about like Liverpool and Chelsea won't have to worry about is that they are big clubs and big clubs seem to have an ability to never really fade away. Um because their support is so massive, yeah, that they will always be like appealing assets to people like the Qatari state fund and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the Saudis and all them. So they they will never end up falling away because they are just they are just so already massive in in the game. Yeah, they, they're, they're figureheads of the game. Even players like for like the best players from other leagues still coming to Chelsea. Still coming to Liverpool, you know? Yeah. Because even though they're sat in the middle of the table. It's a rich man's game. Rich man's game. And Liverpool and Chelsea are rich in heritage. Maybe not Chelsea. Yeah. Fuck Chelsea. Yeah, nah. Always fight Chelsea. Every time. But um, on the final, I think, yeah, like you said, Newcastle, they'll be sad that they lost the final. But I think their kind of take home from it will be 
this isn't going to be the first uh the first and last final they're gonna they're on the right road they'll probably get another final next year or the year after and the they'll fact break that some home. the fact that they're, they're competing for champions league the fact that they're they got to the final of the league cup yeah is testament to what a good job Eddie Howe's done. Yeah, he's and like you said, they're way ahead of their current schedule. And I think I said this on a pod, God knows how long ago, got to be like a couple of months ago, that I thought the uh, the Newcastle plan was going to be get Eddie Howe in to get them out of the relegation battle that they were in, and steady them in. at mid, mid-table, then get an elite manager that's used to European football, can attract the names. Because you can't see like them signing like, like a Rafael Leal and him getting managed by Eddie Howe, that seems a bit, like, weird. But if they steady the ship, let Eddie Howe do his thing, and then they get an elite manager to push them on to the next level. But Eddie seems to have done more than I think most people expected, and I think that's testament to him, testament to the boys he's got in. But what I saw a lot of people saying is that why this was a sad result is because, and I, I think James Lawrence Alcott kind of put this idea in my head, is that a lot of these players, Dan Byrne, Sean Longstaff, they're not going to, they're not going to be there yeah. long term when they start getting in the world beaters. Well, that's, I, and, so and you I want a trophy at, for those I guys. I look at this Newcastle squad, yeah, and I think, Eddie Howe is getting the most and more out of some very average players. Yeah. I don't think Joe Willock is all that. I don't think he's that great. I don't think he's European level. Don't that. think Longstaff is elite. Don't think Almiron is sort of like that. No, nah, he had that purple patch, but I think he's. I don't think Callum Wilson's ever hit the heights that we've sort of expected from him. And he's either now he's like thirty and he's injured. had a lot of injuries yeah, throughout his career. So like he's, and not I think be... he's still. I think he's still a brilliant Premier League striker. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I think he's probably one of England's better choices. But I don't think he's going to be like the. He, he's not going to be like a Gabriel Jesus or. A, an Erling Haaland or yeah. even a Jao Felix or, you know, to get you to that next level. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and I just, they do lack sort of just that oomph about that, that, yeah. that, that, those electric signings. I don't even think it's Alan St. Maximan is a top European No, player. I think they need a couple more Bruno Gumarises around yeah, the pitch. Because you can Sven tell Botman he well. is like, yeah, and Sven Bott. You can two... tell they're built for like European elite footballing. Whereas, like you said, Almiron, Sean Longstaff, Joe Willock, even Dan Byrne, who I, I like, but I think Dan Byrne is probably going to be out of his depth when they get European football. You need a couple more Brunos and Sven Botmans around the place, and then they'll be ready to mingle it with the I top mean, boys. You don't need but that to, comes. You don't need to go out and spend like abhorrent amounts of money to be able to sign players like that. They're, you can do it correctly and, and make it that way, but. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I think sort of the same thing sort of happened to West Ham after their um, Euro- European uh, journey where mm. they faltered. But I think they sort of tried to uh, do the same thing. Then they bought like subpar players. And it's easy to say it now looking back in retrospective. But the likes of Skamaka hasn't worked. I know he's been injured a lot, but yeah. Lucas Paqueta, I think he's been all right, but he's not been what they needed. They brought in like Ben Rama as well. Yeah, not, not it really. Tilo Correa, yeah. So like, they're these players who are probably on the cusp of being like decent European footballers, mm. but they're not. They're not the top top tier. But I think yeah. Newcastle need to. I think they go about their signings the same way they went about Botman and Gimmarish. They, they'll do well because yeah. I think that is the, the ideal type of player to be looking for. But a good elite player like European players don't come around. Uh, no, I, agree. Too, too I think that's why it's um, 
sad for like the likes of uh, Joe Willock, Sean Longstaff. It'd be nice if they were the group to get Newcastle their first trophy in like 70 years. And then even if they get shipped out for the elite players, they can always be kind of like cult heroes yeah. around Newcastle for getting that first trophy. And yeah. maybe they'll get it next year. Maybe, they'll be, maybe they're cult heroes if they get Newcastle Champions League. Exactly so. that, yeah. But, but um, I, I, can't see, I can't see Eddie Howe... Well, I can't see Eddie Howe getting replaced... No, unless unless the Dan or Pep came out and was like, "I want to be in Jordan." Like, <laughs> yeah, literally. You know. But um, yeah, so Dan's just yeah, like, "Why I, are you, mate?" And I don't think Eddie Howe would let. Uh, like, I think he's very much a manager who relies on the soul and heart of a squad. Yeah, he so I don't think he he would let the Newcastle um, hierarchy rip out the, the squad, likes yeah, of the like squad players, yeah. Longstaff and Shelby and oh, sorry, not Shelby, Longstaff and yeah. Willock and Dan Byrne and all those yeah, sort of 100%. players like. Because they've done a job, and I think he respects that as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important to him. Yeah, he seems like quite a good man manager, doesn't he? Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting final. I think Newcastle, fair play. Yeah, fair play Newcastle. But I think it's time we talk about May United. Obviously, we've got a mate in uh, Gaffers who's been on the pod, who's a big United supporter. Um, he's a happy chap. We've got a lot of United fans that have kind of come out of the um they've come out of the abyss and they've started, out of the yeah. sewers this out, season because yeah. <laughs> the oh, season that's... started and they went back to back l's brighton that, and brentford that brentford game and like the hottest day of the year mate. everyone was like "Ooh, united are they gonna give ten hog time this is looking ropes Eric 10 weeks, they were saying. Eric 10 weeks. And then it became what was it Eric no it was Eric 10 days. And then we said Eric New 10 weeks. days yeah yeah and then and I think it all comes down to one signing. A lot of people kind of were iffy. He's 30 years old. He might be past it. Oh, yeah. Casemiro. I, I like, think that's... Actually, before we get on to Casemiro, I would argue that it comes down to one signing for a different team. Al Nasser, mate. Y- yeah, you know mate, what? Was, I would argue that's almost more important. Did Casemiro and Ronaldo play together? They did, didn't they? They must Don't care. On... Don't care. I think... Give it gigs, eh? Like... As... Kashmir has been a quality. a quality quality player but nothing has revitalised Man United fans spirits quite like Marky Rashford he's feeding the hungry and he's feeding United fans trophies now Earth. he's doing it I like that he's doing it um, and it was all down to the removal of probably the, one of the greatest players of all time yeah. Mental. Casey said it on the pod, when do we have him on? Last week, the week before, that he said, um, when we asked him, what do you attribute Rashford's kind of surge in form to? And he said, the removal of the Ronaldo roadblock. And I think that was a very good way of putting it. I think, yes, when you've got a team where one player is just not a different league, monetarily, ego-wise, ego-wise, Everything. He's, he's he's he's. It's hard to have a cohesive mate, yeah. unit when you've got one don that is just a different planet to everybody else. It's true, and that's why maybe Messi works. Uh, and also, his ego is nowhere near the size. He's of quite Ronaldo's. humble, isn't he? Yeah. But the ego, even if it was big, would slot in at PSG because he's surrounded by other massive egos. So it's not like one massive ego in a place where everyone's trying to be humble. PSG is where you go to indulge your ego. Whereas United now, Ten Hag's got this culture. You see it when he um, took Rashford out of the team when he missed the um, 
He was late for late for what was it like a meeting or something? or something like that? Yeah, you can see he's got a culture where he's like, I ain't gonna take no. I was gonna say swear word, but I'm gonna try not to swear. We, as we much. have swore already though, have we? Yeah, we're about Chelsea. Oh, I'm Piss. gonna beep out though. I'm gonna beep Piss. out. Yeah, I was gonna say because I'm gonna make a very conscious we'll effort make not a to conscious swear. Effort not to swear because yeah. I've realised we swear too much and YouTube may not be a fan of it. We're sorry, YouTube. Yeah, what was I going to say? Oh, so yeah, Eric Ten Hag takes no stick from anyone. And he won't he... take no lip. No jip. Sure, my manager said that the other day, jip. And I was like, that's, a white... that's an old person's yeah, person's we're, we're old yeah, people man. here. We're old, humble, humble, humble man. But um, yeah, so he's got this culture of no nonsense. And I think it was hard to do that when you got someone on like, what is it, 750 grand a week or whatever the fuck he was <laughs> that was so good <laughs> whatever he was on and um, so you can't do that and now he's got people that are all buying into his culture got rid of the people that aren't buying into his culture and United I think are on a bit of a, a resurgent path that I think might be quicker than people expect I was expecting so, a similar duration to Arsenal two three years I think it might be quicker so I think it comes down to the fact that I think Eriksen Hag is a better manager than Arteta. Earth. But I also think United have invested. They've got heavy. like a billion pound squad already. They, they've spent, yeah. yeah. The, the the assets were there, which is bringing in the right sort of man to utilize them. Yeah. And I think Ten Hag is that man. I think he overachieved massively with Ajax as well. Yeah. I think that Ajax squad, and you've seen a lot of that Ajax squad got get to, like, like torn apart. Mainly by him. And. Like the players have gone on and they've been almost average because he made them work as a unit. Like I think he was that good a coach that he, he sort of did what Eddie Howe's done and took average players and made them look exceptional. Yeah. But um and like you've seen it now, Ajax is struggling. Ajax is struggling massively. Yeah. Well they might as well see that in in, uh, in real life, perhaps. Perhaps who knows? Stay tuned. But um yeah, so I think Ericsson Hag is like an elite manager. I think he, I think we saw that in the uh, the cup final as well. I think he made the right decisions. I thought he... So initially, I think he brought Dallow in to negate um, Alan St. Maximum by pressing higher up the pitch, keeping yep. him deeper. Didn't work. Dallow got Cardi yellow, uh, yellow early, so he brought on Juan Pesaka. He just pocketed him, yeah. The, the opposite. And he he recognised that straight away and like prevented it before it went too far. And I think we've seen him in games where... I think they said this on Tifo earlier. He doesn't just if it's not working, you just switch out players. He will move, he will change his system. He will change how, where players are playing. I've seen like Veghorst, so Veghorst is playing in the te- like the 10 behind Rashford at the points. Mm. Then Rashford's going out wide. We've seen Bruno Fernandes playing really tight with Anthony and like, it's really interesting to watch how like his systems of play are working. And I think from the beginning, he's tried to implement these systems and he's realised De Gea can't do it from the back. The build-up play is not there. So they're building up further up the pitch. The build-up starts sort of around the, the, their half of the centre circle. Yeah. So it's it's interesting to see, um, and I think he's built the system to like utilize Rashford a lot. Like we're watching Rashford now get released all the time. Like he is the yeah. number one target. It's Everyone almost like the opposite of Man City, where Harlan is making these runs and no one's releasing him. Whereas now Rashford is making these runs and everyone just is looking for him. But all it's the time. so much harder to track a run from like someone who's playing out wide and a bit deeper in because oh, yeah, if he comes in to the middle of the pitch then 
do you stay wide yeah and and mark no one but you're marking the space behind yeah in case he comes back or luke shaw comes but like harland is not isolated because he he isn't but like he is fairly like covered up because people are cutting off the the supplies to him prior now whereas that's what they were lacking they weren't able to do early in the season you know what i mean and i feel like harland's output falters when De Bruyne's output falters if De Bruyne is having a stinker Harlan's going to have a stinker yeah. because he was the one being able to uh, you know when teams were playing exceptionally and cutting off the supply he was the one to be able to find that yard of space to get the pass out and get that inch perfect so but yeah back to Man United Ericton Hog mate you're doing a hell of a job yes I think after the break we will talk about his incomings because I saw a tweet where it was like Pep Guardiola versus Eric Ten Hag. And then they both had like expenditures of a bill. And obviously, uh, Ten Hag hasn't had that much money, but they were comparing it since the start of Ten, uh, Guardiola's reign to now. And it included, obviously, all the old Man United managers and their expenditure. But both of the teams have had a spenny season. Also, do you see Pep Guardiola? He came out on Twitter. Uh, 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 he, it was in a press conference and was like... Um, Someone asked him, oh, Man United back to competing for trophies. And he was like, oh, they just need to spend a little more. We like that from Pep. Eric, 10 mil. 10 bill. We're back in a bit. Back again! Back again. And now Man United back again. Who knows? But maybe they will continue to impress under the reign of Eric Ten Hag, who was just going to just go through a little bit about his incomings, what he's got to work with. Because, yes. I think so. We always said, and like when you said he's a better manager than Arteta, and then we were like, oh, it's because, yeah, he's better, more handsome, more bald, or is he? He's got better hair. Who's more handsome, Ten Hag or Arteta? Arteta. Yeah, he's got to be, doesn't he? Arteta is the most handsome manager in the league, isn't he? Yeah. Give us a shout. Who's the most handsome manager in the league? I think it's my Don, isn't it? Arteta every day. Anyway, um, yeah, so we were talking about how his squad was um, already pretty stacked, and you needed to just get one or two man in and then a man manager that can get the underperformers performing well and bed in the new people in a new system. So I just want to go through his transfer incomings during his time at United. You can give me kind of your thoughts on if they're doing well, if maybe in like a couple of years time, they're still going to be here. Are they a key player? Blah, blah, blah. Just let me know what you think of these players. And we'll start with, we'll start from the bottom, cheap, cheap, all the way up to the top. I and mean, you all know who Top Don is in expenditure wise and yeah, it's an L, so we don't even talk about him. But Jack Butland, currently He's got a a loan transfer from Palace, got a trophy. He's got he's got a trophy to his name now. He's got a um a, did he, he, I think he no, he didn't make an appearance, did he? Well back to back it with Debravka as well. So they got Debravka in and then obviously had to send him back to Newcastle when they recalled him. Let's talk about the goalkeeper situation in Man United. I've seen a lot of people Calling for De Gea to get a new contract. I think De Gea is like the most flippy floppy of goalkeepers. Mm. I think he's an excellent shot stopper. I think yeah, he, one he, he's one of the best still. But his um, his ability to play with his feet is non-existent. And that's I think, where the game's going. I, I, I don't know whether he is that good of a shot stopper to uh, value him in your team over maybe bringing in someone who's better with their feet and probably a little bit less good of a shot stopper. Because I genuinely... Cause you control games, you, you can see less shots. Every single game, I see him do at least two or three nightmare clearances. 
Like in the Barcelona game, I don't know if you're watching it when they were playing Barcelona, right before half time, so they were losing one nil mm-hmm. and right before and they were getting peppered in the first half. And everyone was like, just get to half time, get to half time, they'll be fine. Right before half time, they pass it back to De Gea and he does the stinkiest clearance straight to a Barcelona player on the edge of the box. And then Lucky Varane makes an absolutely astounding clearance to stop it. But just every game, you can expect at least one or two howlers. And like you said, if you've got a keeper that you can trust, it just calms the defence down, calms everything down. And yeah, I think he's he's been a servant for Man United. There's been chances where Real Madrid have been interested and he hasn't gone. But I yeah, I agree. I don't know if he's the guy long term. I think, yeah, definitely not long term. I think if you look around Europe, there there's a plethora of good, like not even young keepers, but just good keepers who are like maybe like 24, 25, you know, and goalkeepers, they play a little bit longer than outfield players. And mm. I feel like go make an investment into one of those, a decent one. And the hair's on like 400k a week or something. Yeah, you could literally... You could, like get, you could get a top, that. top European keeper for like 100k a week. Yeah, exactly. Quarter that wage and that'd be... Like, like Unai someone or like someone of that sort of... Yeah, Diego of, Costa. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there are excellent keepers out there. So yeah, it, I think it, that is somewhere in the summer maybe they look to try. Yeah, but I agree. does Ten Hag want to avoid shuffling the team too much obviously I, I don't know who knows but yeah I mean keepers definitely something for me uh, they need to look out for in the summer right I'll double these two together and then we'll talk about the other midfielder that's kind of a league above these two but they got Marcel Sabitzer on loan and then Christian Eriksen on a free transfer so both cheap business yeah what think, do you think of these two boys so Sabitzer's obviously come in for cover after Eriksen's injury yeah I think Eriksen has been a shrewd signing I think someone like Spurs could have Absolutely, every day of the week. Yeah, yeah, we said this massively. a few times. Yeah. I think he w- he was sort of their shining star in the early part of the season where they were struggling. I think anything yeah. like good that did happen sort of came through him. Yeah, uh, it's a shame he's got injured, but yeah, I think he's been he's been a really shrewd signing and fair play to him. Yeah, I agree, and I, I will get onto this in the end, um, towards the end because I kind of want to float the idea that maybe Man United aren't as back as we think they are. But also, I might have to asterisk that with the fact that Ericsson is out. Because like you said, when I believe they were playing their best football, it was when they had Casemiro and Ericsson. And they had more creative um, outlets than just Bruno Fernandes. Because for me, at the moment, their only creative outlet is Bruno Fernandes finding Rashford. Yeah, That is their yeah. only kind of passage of play at the moment. And that is probably down to... Because a combination Ericsson, of not having the players they need yet yeah. and the players that well, were Ericsson creative being out. Ericsson, when he's on the pitch, he, he's a deep-line playmaker in every sense of the word. 100%. So he will be able to find Rashford a bit more. And, yeah. and probably they'll be able to like lengthen the gap between their DMs and their attacking midfielder or their 10, however they play it. But when Ericsson comes in, because he, he sort of allows them to have to breach that gap, like the... The ten doesn't have to drop so deep into the midfield, so they'll probably be able to stretch teams a little bit more and, and find a little bit more space between in the channels. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I think Ericsson quality signing. I think a lot of Prem teams in and around the top half should have been looking at him, and for Man United just to get a free run I think at Liverpool him. Liverpool would have could have done with him massively. Yeah, for United just to get a free run at him, him and Casemiro, who we'll get onto as a partnership in the middle, is top draw. To be fair, so yeah, I think. What do you think long term though? Do you think do you think they still need another midfielder? 
Yeah, I, I, I mean that that midfield isn't young by any stretch of the word. I mean, definitely, Ericsson, we're talking about thirty years. Eric Sabitza and Kashmir all in their thirties, right? Yeah, and then obviously, so Scott they've got Scott McTominay, who Not I think yet. is probably on his way out. He's I've been, dog. I've been impressed with Fred actually. Fred, a little bit of a resurgence, but. I think he fry and I've I've seen this everywhere. He 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 is a master of chaos. <laughs> yeah, he's like when Darwin when Unions there is the no system, when there is just it's just literally just tackles flying in, mm. just chaos reigning. He just seems to pop up in the right place. He scored a great goal against yeah. Barcelona where he scuffed it off his shin, but he's yeah. in the right place. And I think he he might have, he he came in for quite a hefty little price. Like, yeah, I think it was like forty mil. Yeah, and from uh, Shakhtar, right? Yeah. And I don't really know what anyone's expecting from him because I think he played a bit more fo- like in a bit more Forward of an attack. Role, he was yeah, a bit yeah. of a, he was like an attacking midfielder for them, mm. Shakhtar. But he came in and then he's deployed in this sort of defensive midfielder role. It it, it hasn't worked, no. but it hasn't not worked. I think he's he's been quite. He just has a couple howlers or like just games where he just like he yeah. Just doesn't click. I, for me, he's like so. I just attribute to Arsenal. He's like their El Nenny, but probably a bit more. He's a bit of a he's a, a bit, bit of, more like different levels on probably he's like a, higher up, a yeah. level up but less consistent like and only you probably won't have any howlers but like, you won't get a game where he'll get man of the match but yeah, like you can Fred get goes game. for it a bit more like he yeah. he wants to be involved in the attacking phases yeah. as well as the defensive phases so I think he is if if you can get him playing at a seven out of ten every game yeah he's and brilliant but I just like I think Nani, you can't. You can't ask him to do too much. Yeah, especially if you're matching Scott McTominay, you're going to ask. You're asking. We'll get him rid to of do too much. I think you partner him with Casemiro. Casemiro does a lot of the heavy lifting, so Fred is a bit more free, and I think that's when he's best. And they can speak Brazilian to each other rather than Fred and Scott McTominay trying to chat. Don't know how that'd work, but um, yeah, I think if you get Fred like El Nenny's happy with his kind of squad player role at Arsenal. If you get Fred happy with a squad role. And just be like, you're going to fill in in games where we need you to man-mark De Bruyne like he did in the Manchester derby or a game where someone's injured and you'll come in. But I do think they need a young, youngish midfielder to kind of build around, let Casemiro impart some knowledge before Casemiro kind of moves on. But like someone, I, I say it's a lot, Sandro Tonali. Oh, he's, I want to see be... him. I want to see more Italians in the Prem. That's what I want. Yeah, just... I like Tonali a lot. Yeah, he's a good player. He'd be ideal. But um, yeah, let's move on to the next one. Yes, and kind of we'll get onto the discussion of kind of Man United and their need for a striker. But what are you thinking about Wood Weghorst? Without Weghorst, they're only signing of January. The, yeah. the one where Ronaldo went to Arnasa, so Arnasa had to get rid of Abukabar, who went to Fenerbahce to get, or was it Besiktas to get rid of Without Weghorst? He went back to Burnley. He went to United, something like that. Mm. Okay, I think it was Besiktas, but um, yeah, he just he's just big. He's quite he's he's like um, what do they call him? Like the press, or he's like he is he is uh yeah, I th- he's a platform. He's a bit rubbish though, isn't he? He he's not excellent by any standard yeah. of the word, and he's he's pretty average. But I think he is there to literally facilitate just a role. Yeah, in be a nuisance. He's not. He, I don't think he's been asked to score twenty goals a season. I think he gives them set piece threat, which mm. I think they would they've been lacking this season. And especially when you have got someone like Christian Eriksen, even Marcus Rashford, Luke Bruno uh, Bruno Fernandez, uh, Luke Shaw. Yeah, they've got they've got set piece. Um, 
experts. Technicians, would, uh, yeah. Technicians, yes. And so I think it gives it something else. There's a bit of a different dynamic. And I think that's the main word here, dynamic. I think he gives them different options and a different way of figuring out how to beat teams because he's physical. He is, he, you could play off of him. You can use him yeah. as a target man. You can use him at, in that 10 role. We've seen him drop behind um, Rashford where he plays sort of as a deeper lion platform in terms of, so when De Gea and his terrible distribution, he has a bit of an easier target to, to aim for. Yeah. It's just a different option. Um, their need for a striker is massive. Big Martial time. Let's is, talk about that. Martial, waste of space. Go, gone. The striker market isn't particularly. It, there's no like mid range, really. It's either not good enough for Man United or like elite. And Man United probably need that player, but it's going to cost like 100 million. I think they need to go all out for Osimen. Osimen. The Ossie ones that I can kind of float Osimen. Harry Kane. Harry Kane, obviously. Maybe. I know he's had a bit of a stinker this season, but Dusan Vlahovic. Yeah, Vlahovic, yeah. Um, and then Luka you've got Jovic. that kind of tier down where it's probably not good enough for Man United, but they're actually very, very decent players. So you're talking Mitro, you're talking Tony. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, Tammy Abraham. Yeah, I think that's that's just going down another like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say like Lukaku route because Lukaku was that top tier, just didn't work. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think they need to... I think that their, their sons will be smarter under Ten Hag. I don't yeah. think he's just gonna. I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, even like um, Louis Van Gaal, they they probably would have taken a lot of players that they didn't want just for the sake of built boot bolstering the squad. Mm. I can't see Ten Hag just bringing in place for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, for me, it's got well. For me, it's always been. I think they should go for Harry Kane. Yeah. But I yeah. don't think it's gonna happen. I don't think he's gonna leave Spurs. I would love it if it happened. Not. Because I like Man United, mainly because I dislike Spurs, mainly because I dislike Harry Kane. But I just think I'd like to see him somewhere that isn't Spurs, just to see if he gets even better. If there's another tier to him, yeah, because he could literally be the best striker on the planet. But we'll never know. But we'll never know because he is surrounded by so many donkeys. But or um, he could go to another club and stink up. Who knows? Exactly. It's and I'd, I'd like to see that. I I hate that he's just decided to be cut. And obviously, commitment loyalty. Love that. But like, mate, have some bloody, um, what's the word? Have some bloody... Balls. Cojones. Have some... I don't know. Just do something, man. Stop being boring. I was going to... What about our throws when you're out there, yeah? May United going for Bobby Firmino. Just... Uh, just it, How old is Bobby Firms these days? It's got to be like 30. 30, 31, mm. maybe 32. But I think he he would facilitate. I think he would do a, a job. He'd do what because they want Walt Weghorst to do. To actually do, but actually do it good. Yeah, because Weghorst is sh- shocking. I mean, we we saw the season where Bruno scored like sixteen goals, seventeen goals, whatever. Mm. He, electric. I think Bobby Firms gives players a platform to play like that. In yeah. the day, I, I know he's not the player he was when they were playing with Mane and Salah, and that them three were like just electric. Yeah, yeah, but. You bring your players now to facilitate Rashford. I, I, I think if you get Rashford scoring twenty four goals a season or yeah, something yeah. like, you'd be flying. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah. And but and he gets one, goals to be fair as well. Target number one, Osimhen. Yeah, for me, it's okay. got to be Osimhen. But I think we're talking like a hundred mil. And That's some. nothing. And some. Mate, one hundred twenty million for Enzo Fernandez. And we'll, so we'll move on. Disrespute, disrespute, disrepute. Yeah, disrepute. That's the one. Yeah, but um, yeah. Desperate need for striker. Osman to Man United. Who knows? Next one. 
Tiro Malassia. Yeah, I mean, or I Malassia. think that, what was it? 50, yeah, 15 mil, I think, someone that... Yeah, he's very much a 10 hog signing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, his 15 million spent and it's made Luke Shaw play football. Yeah, it's true, because yeah, giving him a kick up the bum. And Luke Shaw's been pretty good. And a lot of people saying, is he the best left back in the world right now? Luke Shaw? Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. We had this discussion... And we said Zinchenko, and we got some belters wait, from United wait, wait, fans. Wait, wait, in the world? Yeah. It, no, not in the, maybe in the Premier League. Oh, yeah, well, we said in the Prem. Yeah, I mean... Who is the best left-back in the world? Cancelo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, like... I, it, I don't even know who else is out there that could be up for the debate. I mean, Alfonso Davies. Yeah. He's pretty good. He is pretty good. I've I've been lacking in my European knowledge right now, you know. Yeah, well, I don't know. It'd be like Nuno Mendes from PSG, but he's, he's probably um, not in the conversation. The Barcelona left back that's taken Ansu Fati's spot. Oh, um, Kaita Balde. Yeah, he's yeah. been he's been quiet. Actually. Yeah, he's quite good. Uh, Teo Hernandez, Luca Hernandez. Yeah, one of them man. Um, yeah, I don't know. Luke Shaw though, decent. Tiro Malasia, I think just good squad player, very much. Seems to be a kind of guy that will just put his head there. down, do the work. But now we're on to the, the big three. <laughs> Maybe not so big, though, this one. Yeah. And a lot of people were saying this. It took uh, me a while to be like, eh? Yeah, a, yeah. Lot, a lot of people were saying so you got before Jamie this man like, signed. He's too small. He's too small. That was he's, a terrible accent. He's too small, lad. He's too small, lad. Yeah, he and he's just proving everyone wrong. He's been electric. For me, he's been... Maybe the second best centre back in the league this season. He he is very good for a shorter man. He's just he's not he's not he's just very good for a centre back. Yeah, and um, I I like his tenacity, his ball playing. I think we knew that he was going to be a good ball player. I think the fact that he can play left back, centre mid, centre back, you can tell he's like a he's a footballer, a high technical player, high, a player with high technical ability, and so. Him and Varane, two ball players, like fizzing them into Casemiro and Ericsson, that's ideal. When you've got bloody Harry M- Maguire and Lindelof fizzing it into Fred and McTominay, <laughs> the ball's just going to be spinning off left, right, and centre. <laughs> Whereas, like, pinball machine. genuinely, now you've got four players who are all technically elite. You can fizz them into each other quick, break lines nice. So I think Lissandro Martinez, yes, they paid. So we've got in euros here, 57 million, which I think is about 45 mil pound. Um, it's Worth good, it, it's good because you're, you're losing an absolute, I was going to say, S ton. You're losing a bucket load on your investment in Harry Maguire because you're shoveling him out. The best you can ask for is that your replacement for him lives up to the money because you don't want another big centre-back expenditure flopping. So, I think Lissandro Martinez, quality signing. Yeah, I agree. Quality signing. Um, eight out of ten stars. Yeah. I'll give him... Actually, I'll give, I'm going to give him a nine out of ten stars. I'm going to give him a five out of six foot. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. I, I, Hold on. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, next one, we've really spoken about a lot, but probably... Uh, well, de- definitely, the they're, they're definitely the yeah, best sign in the summer. Cashmere Need we say more? We've spoken about 70 mil for a 30-year-old. Everyone was like, ooh, it's a little bit yeah, juicy. I, that, I always in my head thought he was like 35. 
<laughs> yeah, he's got. But he said this as well. He's got. You got years in that position. You can play. Yeah. You can play that position for a while. Look at N'Golo Kante, mate. He's about to get a new twenty-five-year deal. He's made of breadsticks these days, mate. Like you said on the Twitter account, go let him play in Serie A, man. Yeah, let my boy flourish. Let him. Let him spread his wings. Bro. Go play Lake Como by the beach. <laughs> why? Why are you in central, central Como, London? Yeah, I would 31? love to go see Como in nineteen oh seven. That'd be sick. Stay tuned. But um, yeah, imagine poor N'Golo just driving around central London. I mean, he's on peas. It's probably quite nice, but just go. You don't see him turn up in that little uh, hatchback. Like, yeah, he's got a little smart car, yeah. doesn't he? But um, but yeah, um, Casemiro. Let's, let's let's just talk about Anthony. Let's fry the top, Don. Ninety million for this this guy. Actually, wait, hold up. We're going to need more than a minute for this. Let's just we'll come back after the break. Let's get our heads together, just to fry this man, Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. 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 Um. Is he a futsal player? You're on this vibe, aren't you, man? You Mate, just... he he's just not good enough. He's not. He's not a top. He's Euro not player. scary. I wouldn't, if I was a defender, be like, Christ, I'm coming up against Anthony just today. Got I try, need to be on my game. Just try Sean with his right foot. Genuinely. Any of it. Like, but there's, there's wingers in the Prem. I'm talking Rashford, Saka, Mares. Foden on his day, you like Salah. You're like, Christ! I've got a day ahead of me coming up against them, bro. If I pulled up the team sheet and I was like, yes, I'm against Anthony, I'd be like, that's light work. The guy's not strong. There was a little segment in the Carabao Cup final. Do you see where he's skinning Dan Burn? Yeah. And then he went back and tried to skin him again, and then Joe Linton just absolutely yeah. cleaned him out. That's all I'd do is I'd let him do that, like. Futsal kind spin, of ball yeah. roll spin, and then I'd take a yellow, I'd just clean him out. Yeah, I, I, maybe that's why he's good though, because he, he aggravates players like that. He aggravates but me. I, I think you can get more for your money with this man. I, I think he, he has scored a couple of nice goals with left foot, and clearly yeah. he's got a very nice left foot. He's just got no, he might as well play one legged, mate. He has nothing going for him as right foot. He, you show him onto the outside, he, he doesn't go down the line, he can't come down the line. Um, I think he leaves you very limited in sort of your options. Unless you're playing a very asymmetrical 4-3-3, which Mate Knight don't, he doesn't really offer you much because, what, like you say, he can be isolated very easily if you get him onto his right foot. Yeah. Then you're playing basically down to 10 men. If you have a, if you come up against a smart left-back or a centre-back pairing. Yeah. Um, the pros of Anthony. He's a hard worker. Yep. You can tell Ten Hag clearly likes him. Got a good shot on him. Got a good shot on him. Um, like you said, he winds players up. And so I think he does a service for the team in that I think they play, when Dallow plays specifically, that he allows Dallow to overlap. And I think, I don't know, he offers kind of a safety on that right-hand side that maybe if you played Jane Sancho there or, I don't know, who else they play there, Rashford if he's shoved out there and they play Garnacho on the other side. I think he is meant to be there, whereas like when Rashford is playing there, you can tell he should be on the other side. Same with Jane Sancho. But yeah, for the eighty million pound they paid, you could you should be asking for more. You want you, get, you should have got Leal for that. You want at least ten goals, ten assists for that. And for me, Anthony's not doing that ever. Yeah, I I just oh, I think he's just proper overrated. I don't. I was gonna say I want to be proven wrong. I don't like being proven wrong, so I don't want to be. Yeah, proven wrong. I mean, but like, I'm all for him having an absolute stormer. 
I love and going crazy. Players, oh like, yeah, we like a techie Don, but he's techie Don with like nothing. Whereas like Mares, big love to Mares. He's a techiest Don, but he can cut in on that left foot, whip a naughty one in. Output. But then he can yeah. cut in on his left foot. And then he'll chop back onto his right he's, and he can use his right foot. He's a man of substance. He is Anthony a delicious, is, delicious technique. Anthony is but merely a thin veneer of a human. I I think I'd have an Anthony at Power League. Well, I just, like, genuinely, he is that Donny on pro clubs, yeah, on your team, who plays left wing. He's about, he makes his character five foot one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he has five star skill moves. And just all he does is keepy uppies and then runs back. Yeah. And then when he's got a little bit of space because no one's chasing him, he does more keepy uppies. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But fair play, whatever. Should we um, should we wrap up the May United talk? Yeah. I think May United, be excited. Shit be happening. It do be happening. Beat be sworn that, again. Yeah, beat that, please. Um, yeah. Stuff's happening. Be excited. And where else is stuff happening, Roz? We've got a very exciting announcement. We've been teasing it for a couple of weeks now. We said for a couple of weeks now. We haven't really um, yeah, given the deets out yet. But Luke, tell them what we've got in, in store. Bordraw are going on a Euro tour. We're taking Bordraw global. Let's go. And by global, I mean Europe. And by Europe, we're taking a little pit stop in uh, Rose's motherland. We're going to Italia. We are going to be um, testing the local delicacies yeah. on the piccolo pizza, a little bit of vino grigio, lemoncello. Yes, we're going. So we're landing in the beautiful land of Milan. Yeah, Milan, obviously home to uh, some fairly big teams. Yeah, you might have heard of them in Inter and AC. And then we're taking a quick train northeast, I believe. To the beautiful town, the beautiful lakeside town of Como. Como. And um, we're going to be there on Saturday 18th for... A special match. Big match. Como 1907 versus Bama. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We're, we're well excited. We've uh, got tickets in the bag. We're going to be there live supporting Como. Got the likes of Cesc Fabregas in midfield. You might have heard of him. Patrick Coutron. It's going to be Wolves. good. It's going to be We've good. We've got um, Gianni Buffon for Parma. Mark Bircham in the coaching role for pa- Como. QPR man. QPR man. Dennis Wise as well, chairman of Como. Chelsea man. Brentford, QPR. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on. So, Exciting time. So, yeah. That's where we start. That's where we start. But it's not over. It's not over. Where yet. do we go after that, Luke? After the Como game, we will be returning to Milan, no? For... Sometime and then we quickly the next morning head over to none other than Amsterdam in the Netherlands. So we are going to be landing in Amsterdam on the 19th, the Sunday, and that is the day of a huge game in the Everdeezy. They call it Die Classica. Die Classica. It's Ajax versus Feyenoord. It's going to be two of. Netherlands' biggest footballing outfits. Currently, be... I believe, second and third in the league. Yeah, Ajax faltering a bit this year after the loss of Eric Ten Hag. Can't really seem to get their uh, managerial appointment down. And um, Feyenoord playing quite well, actually. Doing doing a little bit of business. Feyenoord oh, the top. First, first and second. second. Yeah, but I Ajax, knew they were... Ajax are five wins out of the last five. So, 
we are we've timed this right it's going to be a big one huge game and we'll be there at the Johan Cruyff Arena so what we'll just run that through so we've got Como 1907 versus Palmer Saturday the 18th and then Sunday the 19th Die Classica Ajax hosting Feyenoord and we will be there for both of them us two and you remember Tommy Hoops special he's, guest he's back again he's back he's back again you for the Euro Tour he's back again for he's the Euro Tour he's coming as the cameraman you love to see it extraordinary and that's not it we've got two very special giveaways that we're going to run as part of our trip so in the spirit of the Euro Tour <laughs> We are going to be giving away a Como 1907 jersey, but fresh from the shores of Lake Como. And we're also going to be giving away a fresh Ajax top. And I'm just not being funny yet, but both those kits are buff. They are some top, top kits. So we will be doing giveaways. Do you want to run through the giveaways a little bit? So we're going to be doing one giveaway on our YouTube channel, where you're currently watching us right now. And another giveaway on our TikTok. TikTok. So make sure you're subbed here on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok. We'll be giving away one shirt here on YouTube, one shirt there on TikTok. If you enter on both, so all you need to do is follow us on YouTube, follow us on TikTok. That's all you need to do to enter. Be a follower. And we'll go through our followers on the day that we get back. Figure out, actually, we'll figure out a date that we're going to do it. Because we've actually got what we're going to do is film a very special video for you guys so yeah we're obviously going to be doing a uh, little board draw euro tour video a little uh, special it's going to be feature length it's going to be big it's going to be massive it's going to be the biggest project you've seen our board draw so far so maybe on the day that that releases we'll pick a winner we'll pick a winner so make sure you're following us here on uh, youtube follow us there on tiktok and if you follow us on both you can be entered to win both and yeah we'll, on um, the day that releases we'll pop out some more details further down the line as well um, but yeah, I mean, get excited, guys. Get very excited. Be... Euro Tour giveaway, special feature length movie, documentary movie. It's going to be sick. And Tommy Hooper's in it. And Tommy Hooper's there. What so, more could yeah, you ask for? It's going to be elite. We were going to get the uh, the Young Ajax game squeezed in there as well on the day after, or the two couple of days after the Classica, but um, it's gonna that's been moved forward, so... We will not be able to see Young Ajax, which is a shame because, you know, we, we love a bit of youth football, mate. A bit of youth football. But it is what it is. Two very special games. One in Italy, one in Holland. Get excited. As we said, board draw, we're going Euro Tour. Board draw, Euro Tour. It's happening. Get excited. Make right. sure you subscribe. Right. We'll end with our customary Premier League predictions. Terrible predictions. Yeah, it's been stinker upon stinker upon stinker. But it just comes to show the beauty of the Premier League. But we've started, so we've got to go the whole way now. <laughs> Saturday the 4th of March, kicking off with Man City versus Newcastle. Decent game. Back-to-back games for uh, Newcastle against the Manx. Yeah. Yeah, mad. I think Man City do them. I think Newcastle going to be a little bit... A little bit sad face after the. Um... I think they're on a bit of a decline. Yeah, and I, I think, and, but I don't think I don't think it's a long term decline. I think this is a fair, fairly. I think the rock could stop. Yeah, but who knows? When these two played each other early in the season, it was juicy. Free all. I think Newcastle should have won that game, but I think Man City are going to win this one. I'm going to give it a Man City can see them for fun at the moment though. I think they ha- I saw a stat haven't had a clean sheet in their last eight games, which is crazy. Um, I'm going to go 2 1 Man. No, 3 1 Man City. I'm going to go 2 1 Man City. Okay. Yeah. And then like Arsenal that. host a faltering Bournemouth, but there's a couple of little gems in there. They've got their Hamad Traore up top, who I really yeah, like the look good. of. But um, Arsenal flying at the moment. 
absolutely dominated the living daylights out of Leicester. Yeah. Um, Lowest ever. XG on Premier League record, I think, is what happened. Mental. Turns um, out it doesn't happen often. Yeah, Lou really. was giving me chat. I was like, I was well gassed. I was like, we've absolutely squashed them. They haven't, they haven't touched the goal. And Luke was like, no, that happens all the time, mate. But um, yeah, I'm going to go 4 0 Arsenal. Oh, 4? Yeah. I'm going to go 2. Okay. I think Brighton, Brighton, Bournemouth might rise to the occasion a little bit, but. We uh, are actually playing tomorrow night, though, so there could yeah, be yeah, something, a little oh, spice on there. Get excuses out early. Sorry. Um, Villa Palace. 1 0. Yeah, it's got a stinker written all over it. I don't it, think don't it'll it? be a stinker. I, I think it will. I think it's going to be nil-nil. Should we just, instead of the predictions, next season we'll just do stinker or not. Stinker or not stinker. Um, Brighton or West Ham? Not stinker. Not a stinker. Brighton to beat West Ham 2-0. I'm going to go 2-1. Chelsea leads. Not stinker. Chelsea, so I think Graham Potter's on the ropes here. I think the sources I'm reading, he's got two games to save his life or... Bowley's going to kill him. His life. Um, Voldemort's coming back. <laughs> I'm going 2-0 Chelsea. Yeah. Have you guys seen in uh, Leeds? Good result that. against uh, Southampton I don't mind. I, I quite liked him at Watford. But um, yeah, he kept Watford up, didn't he? Done quite well. Um, I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. What did you say? 2-0. I'm going to go 1-0 Chelsea. Wolves versus Spurs. 1-0 Spurs, Harry Kane. 81st minute. I do agree. That Spurs are going to win. I'm going to go two-one Spurs. Okay. Then Spurs. Just want to touch on them because I think I slaughter them a lot defensively. Looking all right at the moment, and that could be down to no Hugo Lloris. Almost certainly, because I've seen people, Spurs fans, tweet. I feel a lot more comfortable. Fraser Foster. Fraser yeah. Foster. It's mad how you lose the best goalkeeper in world football. <laughs> yeah, and get better. Um, the game where Leicester once humbled Southampton. Yeah, doesn't really think. Uh, doesn't really. Doesn't, yeah, so I wonder uh, if Madison's back because without Madison, they look just completely dry. dry. But yeah, when Madison's team, different team. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go for a two-one Leicester. I think Leicester are gonna win. I'm gonna go three-one Leicester. Okay, okay. Uh, not in the Forest versus Everton. Not in the Forest doing well. What was the result on the weekend? They lost. I think it was their was there like their first loss since Oh yeah, they got yeah, smashed no, by they West Ham. Smashed yeah, by West Ham, yeah. that was it. Smashed by West Ham. That was a strange one. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, no, neither did I. But Danny Ings with two goals, Antonio with one, I think. Yeah. And who was a uh, Declan Rice, I think. Got the uh, got another one, yeah. So Not mad. yeah, interesting uh result that because I don't think anyone would call that going into it on form. But um they're up against Sean Dyche Everton. I think this could be quite an interesting game. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go for a... I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I think Everton, because they're playing tomorrow night. I don't know if Nottingham Forest have got an FA Cup game. Um, but I think Forest will win. I think it's going to be 1-0 Forest. Okay. Oh, this is the one. This the is juice the big man. one. The I mean, we've got, we've got Man City, Newcastle, and we've got Liverpool versus Man United in a weekend. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm very excited for this. And I think Liverpool could pose a bit more threat to Man United than a lot of people think. Yeah, I think so, but this has got to be the biggest kind of difference in like how their teams are feeling about Over the last like five, ten years. Yeah, in the last five years, Liverpool have got to go into this game every single time thinking we'll smash them. Yeah, but this has probably got to be the first time where bookies probably have United as favourites. I haven't well, seen it, but I they mean, probably do. United beat Arsenal in the season, beat City, 
beat Chelsea? Yeah, beat Liverpool. Beat Liverpool? Can they do it again? I'm going to say no. I'm going to go 2-0. 2-0? Yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's goals go I think here. it's a good game. I just I think, think it's after, a good game. I think they had a, a war against Barcelona. I think they had somewhat of a war against yeah, Newcastle. I think... Like fighting these high intensity games takes it, out it of you. Takes it out of you. I don't think they'll be quite on it. So yeah, I think Liverpool but, have to be on it for the love of God. They got slapped by Real Madrid, and then as a reaction, well, they do go draw nil nil against Crystal Palace. <laughs> so they've got to be on something for the love of God. But I agree. I think two all's a shout. I actually think Liverpool are going to win. I'm going to go two one. Interesting. I, I don't hate it. I think I think one of the teams will win or will end in a draw probably. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Oh, rounded out the game week. Monday, uh, uh, London derby. Brentford versus Fulham. Two teams I'm very envious of. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Ivan Tony could be in a uh, cell by then. Yeah, I didn't realise Luke was telling me earlier that he's... Uh, played guilty, apparently. To yeah, played guilty to being a gambling addict. I don't know. I hope he gambled on some like funny stuff like <laughs> yeah like, like some Tunisian football yeah like Bolivia's fourth division yeah but um, I'm going Brentford to win this 1-0 nice yeah that's us done that's us done mate it's late been a long day the board draw Euro Tour is nearly upon us we're both gagging for a holiday Euro Tour's upon us get following get subscribed Ow. get your Nan subscribed as well. Your nan would look good in the Como shirt. Yeah, our aim was 100 subs before we went away. We're actually on 111, I believe. So maybe... Maybe get to 1,011. Yeah, I was going to say 150. But 1,011, I'll take it. We'll take it any day of the week. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for watching. This has been Board Raw, episode number 37. Euro Tour is nearly here. every single one of you. We do, indeed. We love you. Samo to reach out to us, please. Every time. It's been Board Draw and it's live. Bash!